Beyond Yacht Rock, Yadern Yacht, Volume 95. You wrote them in. You asked, if the, are they Yadern Yacht? Uh, we're going to rate them on the Yasky scale. 50 and above are Yacht Rock songs. Below 50 are Yacht Rock. My name is J.D. Riznar. Hi, I'm Hollywood Steve. Dave! Hunter. Uh, his first song is written in by Colleen Castro at Castro Hockey 21. Castro, I was mispronouncing it to be silly. It's hilarious. Uh, and Good bit. Good bit. Man, but I tell you something. If, if her Twitter uh, picture and bio is correct, this is actually... A 21-year-old female college hockey player who listens to our podcast. Wow. Wow. So she's way outside the usual demographic of sad 50-year-old guys. White guys. Um, She writes, Is this first arpargetio cord enough to keep Steely Dan's Don't Take Me Alive off the boat? It's definitely smooth sailing once you get past that choppy stuff. Oh, also, as you might expect, personnel and error are off the navigational charts. Hashtag Yatter Yat. So, interestingly, it's inter- always good nice that you that you say the hashtag. Just to remind people yeah. to use it. And I frequently say thank you for using the hashtag, just because uh, as of now, it's really the only ways, easy way for us to search it, not waiting for me to check our Facebook messages and then maybe remembering to email it. Yeah, Facebook, not a good way to do it. Uh, interestingly, although Steely Dan used Jeff Beccaro and David Page uh, on their previous album, Katie Lied, they're, they're left out of this one, probably because around this time they were Boz Skaggs' band. A lot of a lot of other journeymen on this album, though. Um, that's Larry Carl. Which album is this? Is this, this is Royal a, Scam? Royal Scam. Okay. It's a, it's a very gothic album cover, a very dark night in the city. Uh, that's Larry Carlton doing the opening guitar riff, which is uh, one of the finest guitar solos you're going to find. Yep, it is very nice. That's what I wrote down. Um, uh, some people might argue the Royal Scam is really when Steely Dan became Steely Dan. Uh, this was released in 1976. Just one more element of the the great yacht convergence of 1976. What were they before Royal Scam? They were... Steely Dan? And now there's Steely Dan. Dealey Stan. They were Dealey Stan before this album. Sounds like a place I'd get a great deal on a used car. Turns out it's a dildo. Yeah. I think Both dildos. Used car, whatever. I think you could argue that before this album, they had more sort of like like guitar-based rock and roll songs. Like, like... And here is where they really start to smooth out the jazz elements and, and write more sort of big, jazzy epics. Perhaps. I mean, Katie lied. The one before this is the first one where they ditched a regular band and started using studio guys. So they're feeling that out. And here is where they're like, yeah, kind of dialing say, it in. I would say it's because the studio technology is allowing them to be. Yeah. Purely studio musicians at this point. They can they can do what they want of hauling now. Hauling stuff around all the time. <laughs> and Techno- technology caught up with what was in their brains. Yeah. This recording does seem pretty nice and clean. Uh, yeah. Polished, right. some would say. Mm-hmm. All right. It, it's a yacht rock song. Yeah, right? absolutely. I'll say 65. All right. He's going first. It's going to be a good day. <laughs> Beginning of the era. 
A really good guitar. That's a great guitar. That's a good precedent for a good Yacht Yeah, Rock that, that fella's really bringing it. It's kind of setting the tone for Yacht Rock guitars. <laughs> Jazzy. Still, still rips. Still pretty heavy for a Steely Dan song. Yeah, it doesn't sound like he's stroking off, you know? Not noodling. Yeah. I think I'll give it an 85. Jesus. It's got pretty grungy, too, that opening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those opening uh, chords. I'm going to call them that. 85. Oh, I'm going to give this a... Yeah, yeah, I'm going to give this a 76 for the year. Hmm. And also the number that I wanted to give it. Makes sense. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 74. I think that's the right neighborhood. Wow. That's a uh, 75. Felt like it was gonna average there. That's yacht. Next one written by Mike Vanderbilt, "Power of Gold," by Dan Fogelberg, and he writes. And on the radio just now, and I think it's worth discussing. Where does the, the flute fit in the yacht? Hey, you kind of did him like Tony Monero. Kind of. Kind of reminds me of Tony Monero. Yeah, he's a little shorter. I was going to say Barbarino, but... I think yeah. he's taller than Tony Moreno. Oh. One pop chop. Uh, this is from the 1978 album Twin Sons of Different Mothers, a collaboration between Dan Fogelberg and flutist extraordinaire Tim Weisberg. We got Don Henley on background vocals here. I'm telling you, a lot of Berg jokes between those two. Yeah. <laughs> every, every time one of them wanted to get a cold cold drink of water. Or somebody brought up a small town. No, you know what the joke they said when they wanted to drink water? What? Hey, would you want ice, Berg? <laughs> <laughs> High five. We must be for twin sons from different mothers. <gasps> I got that, an album. That joke would also work if they were ordering salads. Uh, kind of iceberg berg. That would be iceberg berg, but yes, I, it was ice. Do you want ice, comma berg? Question mark. But it would still kind of work. Sure. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dave, I what guess do you think? Be, oh, what oh, do you think would it work? I know how it would work, I Steve. I don't know. I Here's don't the thing. <laughs> it would. It would not work hilariously. All right. Right. Because you go, hey, Tim, what kind of salad do you want? And then Dan would go, or Tim would go, I want iceberg. And then Dan would come back with a plate full of ice. Right. I thought you wanted an ice salad. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, that works. And then Tim would have to think about what he said, and then they'd laugh. I was just kidding. I wanted a cop. I I knew there was a joke in there somewhere. (laughs) I think there's. I think there's a joke in like a small town, like some shithole being being referred to as a bird. Haven't quite worked it out yet, though. Okay, keep thinking about it. I will. Even if it's three episodes from now. All right. Um. Hey, what do you think about that uh, that sh- shitty thing over there? I don't know. It's the pits, Berg. <laughs> One of those. Yeah. Okay. All right, we're getting there. Yeah. It's funny. I also imagined another uh, Tim and Dan hanging out thing. I like that idea of Tim Weisberg, flutist extraordinaire, knocking on Dan Fogelberg's door and saying all meekly, uh, "Dan, can you figure out how to make my flute cool?" You're goddamn right. I'm the guy that wrote fucking Run for the Roses, you little bitch. I'll make it sound like it rips. Oh, no, I might go the opposite way. If he asked that question, he might I imagine he would have said, no. <laughs> You're going to make my guitar cool. Get in here, Tim. Do you know how to make anything cool? 
Maybe nope. leader of the band. The song I wrote about my dead dad. His blood's on my instrument, bro. Tell you what I can make cool. Iceberg. <laughs> Friendship form. Uh, Alright. Really dumb. Is this a Yacht Rock song? Hmm. This is in the same vein of Dan Fogelberg's Missing You, which for some reason felt like a Yacht Rock song to me, but I still can't put my finger on why. What did we rate that one? That's a great question. It sounds like Christopher Cross could run to the border in this song. It does, it does. It's got that sort of Christopher Crossfire drive, even though I think it predates Crossfire, perhaps uh, Michael O'Martin was listening to this record. Like, if Christopher Cross committed another crime and needed to get out of the country, I could see him. His only crime was doing a bunch of acid while he was driving. Actually, I think somebody else was driving, if I remember the story. Didn't he write that on acid? Was that the one? Yeah, probably. I'm the only one that remembers that story. everything on acid. Yeah, good for him. Maybe that's why he's so grumpy now. Like he's not doing acid anymore? Mm -hmm. You think this was supposed to be called Power of God? What uh, What do you hear in here, Steve? I, I feel like this is a Yacht Rock song. I mean, Dan Fogelberg can be one of those, like, you know, just sensitive singer-songwriter types. But uh, the, the, this song takes a few twists and turns here. It, it, it takes my ears to places that uh, I would not have expected Dan Fogelberg to take me. Yeah, I feel like Dan gets, gets yachty when his, he puts a little beef into his music. Like yeah, this, you this is, is also way. a beefier track than, than I'm accustomed to from Dan Fogelberg. Well, Missing You All had some interesting... All these describing is really making him sound cool, and now I know why the flautist went to, went to him. You, yeah, well, yeah, and it's also, he looks so much cooler playing next to this flute guy. Again, I think the answer Yeah, if you want to look cooler, get a flute in your band. Because you're not the... Uh, uh, it was interesting what we rated Missing You. Um... J.D., you gave it a 62, and the rest gave it the high 40s. 49 for Hunter, 47 for Steve, 48 for me. Yeah, I, I think I remember. Because I listen to that song, and I always I always feel guilty. I'm like, am I right? So I'm still struggling with it. Um, when, uh, did, when did this one come out? A, 78. Okay. okay. Yeah, 78. Well, before we give a number, what do we think about having a flute and a Yacht Rock song in general? Well... I, I would rate Low Down by Boz Skaggs as an essential Yacht Rock song, and that is very prominently flute-driven. Yeah, and who's the, that question. who's the flute tutor we always talk about? The flute tutor? Yeah, I feel like that used to come up a lot when we were talking about Yacht Rock. I don't know. I mean, there's Ian, Ian Anderson. Not, not him. Yeah. Uh, that's, a good, that's a good question. Like, like a session, uh, session flute? Player? Yeah, I feel like... I, know, I, I remember talking about tuning some flutes. Yeah. And I know okay, Loggins uses recorders and recorder consorts and whatnot on his mm -hmm. music, and that's even uh, a shittier. Yeah, I choose your. I was wondering what what where you were going with that. <laughs> yeah, that might have been a Loggins a, a Loggins show we were talking about two flutes. Yeah, might have, might I think the, that might have been a live show. I think this is on the boat. I'm gonna go 56. Yeah, it's not getting on a, a, a mega yacht playlist for me. I'll give it a, a 54. Also good to hear from good old Mike Vanderbilt. I'll give it a 51. Steve, what are you thinking? I want to go higher than all of you. I'm gonna give it a 68. Dang, see? I'm convinced. We got a 57.25. 
that's yacht. This one's written in by at DJ Reno Soul. Reno's Soul. That's where it is. Yeah. He says, hot shiat. Oh, that's good. Jam of the day. This is the 147th one he's done. What a great Twitter follow he is. Uh, it's Something by Leslie Smith. Leslie's on the boat, and this song has Foster and Brenda Russell on writing credits. Album is loaded with personnel, and song gets yaddier as it goes. Yeah. Could, could oh. use a ruling. Hashtag yadder and yadder. I remember Leslie. I remember uh, she almost, did, uh, almost making uh, the cut for the Women of Yacht episode. Yeah, she did uh, Nothing You Can Do About It. This is a man. <laughs> well, that's, that's why she didn't make the cut. Yep. <laughs> Tricked us all. Is that a true story? Did somebody present this Leslie Smith song? And no. we were like, uh, she's a man. Uh, yes, this is written by David Foster and Brenda Russell. It's also based and co-produced by Rick Cheese Chudikoff. Who was Leslie Smith's bandmate in the band Kraken, which is on the boat with the song On the Wing, which got a 59.25 on the Eugen... I figured out what the Polish uh, name for your gene is. It's uh, Eugeniusz. Sometimes pronounced Eugeniusz. Or eunuch. Uh, So it's on that scale. Yeah, that's what it got. And this, uh, I mean, it's bouncing. Yeah, I'd give this a 59.25. <laughs> this is much more. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I just, that number was in my head. I don't remember why. Yeah, it's a good little jam. A little boring, a little ballady. But is, yeah. Is there any guitar on this? No. I think I listened for it once. What's going on? What's going on in that bridge? We're not. We haven't gotten there yet. Okay. Well, then we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to fill some air. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. There's something cool going on. There's like a bass vocoder going on in the back. There it is. I could see. Uh, uh, oh, finger snaps. Saxophone solo. Saxophone solo in the back of the room. Yeah. <laughs> Back up a little bit. We need some some echo on that. Get away from that mic. Back up a little more. Why don't you walk in from outside? (laughs) It'll look cool. But there's no audience here. Just do it. Dan and Tim are out back making bird puns. So this came out in 1982. And uh, on the same, same album, Leslie Smith covers Nothing You Can Do About It. And also covers Love's a Heartache, written by Ned Doheny. Well, this guy wants to be a yacht rocker, that's for yeah. sure. We gave uh, his version of Nothing You Can Do About It 74.75. Oh, we rated it already. Um, I will give it a 69. It's kind of kind of sexy song. Uh, lick a vagina while she sucks my wiener. Is that what that means? Yeah. Could you hear it? Could this be an Al Jarreau song, do you think? Okay, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Oh, sorry. Sorry. This could be an Al Jarreau song. Uh, Jay Graydon produced Al Jarreau song. This sounds like it'd be right at home on one of those albums. Um, yeah, it, it, it was one of those songs where I knew there was it was going to be a sax and not a guitar. Yeah. Which is usually not a good thing. I like those finger snaps. Yes, that's why I think it can be an Al Jarreau song. <laughs> 
It's also written by Brenda Russell, who oh. is a huge Al Jarreau fan, wrote or, a song about him. Yeah, or Brenda Russell with those fingers. And she, al- she also cut this song on her Two Eyes album a year after this one. Oh, then we, we have Yasky in her version. And it's her version is actually called It's Something! It's got an exclamation mark at the end. I'm going to give this a 64. Wow, the Brenda Russell version got a 76.5. I think it's yachtier than this, if I recall. And we left the uh, exclamation point off of uh, yachtonyacht.com. Yachtonyacht.com. It's on our this spreadsheet. Song, you know what? This song could use a little exclamation point. It could. Yeah. It I could. That's a good... This that, song is a little more of a period. Ten points on the Yatsky scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you go? What'd you give it? I give it 64. Okay, I'll go 66. I'm going to go 73. Steve's spicy tonight. Yeah, man. He <laughs> put a little chili powder in his ribs. Yeah. Uh, some onions in his. Yeah. In his, it's like his, he cut some peppers and then touched his butthole. Uh, we got a 68. Which I do not recommend. Or cutting peppers and taking a wee wee. Yeah. Aiming your, your done D. that. Either way. I have Either two. way. What's the hottest pepper you've done? Mine's habanero. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Carolina Reaper. Boof. What? Really? Yeah, but it was uh, diluted in vinegar oh, and on. Brussels sprouts. But still, yeah. uh, it made me very belchy. Mm-hmm. And then when I peed, bad news. Wait, when you touched your dick? Mm-hmm. With your fingers? Mm-hmm. It was on your he, fingers. He was burping yeah. on his okay. fingers. I thought you were saying that you, it got into your urine and burned you from the inside. No, but yeah. it did a number on my stomach. Yeah. Whew. Peppers. I always actually sweat when I talk about peppers. It's a weird thing for me. I've uh, done habanero and I've done Thai bird chilies, whichever one of those is hotter. And you touched your wiener with No, I, uh, oh, that's we're what talking we're about touching wieners. Yeah. Oh. The hottest pepper that you've Once again, we're talking about touching wieners. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, when I chop peppers, I wear like a, a, a latex glove. I do too, after that habanero <laughs> yep. wiener incident. Um, so this one's written in by Mark Hughes at Dance Mix 95. It's, this is pure prairie league. They keep coming up. Can't stop the feeling, this feeling. Uh, either way, we were pretty far off the boat recently. Well, what about this pure prairie league track from 1980? Uh, yeah, is, we, we did Amy like they did Natalie Wood. <laughs> it's a joke about how she was probably murdered. Yeah. <laughs> By other famous people. Yeah, Chris Walken and uh, who was the other one? Robert Wagner. I was going to say Robert Blake, but he did a different murder. <laughs> this is from the album Firing Up. This is song is uh, it's pretty funky bass work, some nice e-piano sound, and uh, a killer guitar solo. I think this is it right here. Yeah. Uh, it's all very yachty for a country fried song like this. Even though the band was founded in Ohio, and this was recorded in, recorded in Los Angeles, Vince Gill is in the group in this incarnation. Interesting. So it may be considered Southern Yacht, if it makes the boat. Yeah, he's little, from uh, Mustang, on. Oklahoma, if I'm let not mistaken. Let me put a little more spice on that Uh-oh. interesting soup. Uh, this this is uh, also this was their first album that they p- released on Casablanca Records. Ooh. So not only is a, a band from Ohio now being sang by a dude from Oklahoma, recorded in L.A., but it was released on a New York record label. And I w- I think after listening to this, uh, Vince Gill is a firekeeper. Huh. Interesting. 
What about the stuff that he does after this? Like his, his early think, solo stuff? I think you're going to have a Richard Marks feel? Yeah, probably. I don't know, I have, but I have an inclination that he's he's still active. Yes, but I think after this, he's still a firekeeper for that Southern Yacht sound. And didn't he marry Amy Grant? I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. He's also in... Yeah, she's a, she's a, she yacht knows Jesus. how to make yacht rock, yeah. This is a pretty stinking yachty for the for pure Prairie League. Oh, wait a second. We weren't even listening to the right song. Guys, we were talking about the wrong song. That was Heartbreak in the Making oh. that we were listening to. So let's listen to this pure Prairie League well, song we've been talking about. That was a Ned Doheny song. Okay. Well, hmm. now we're back in the corner on that Ned Doheny song. I know. But, but this, is, hear, this, this is, is a very similar here. song. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. Pretty good guitar. Yeah, it's got a good guitar. There's that good guitar. Yeah. Yeah, Country Fried. Okay, now everything Now it's starting to make yeah. sense. And that was better guitar. When that, that Duhini guitar sold kicked in, I was like, wait, hold on. I remember being better. And listen to that E-piano. It's yeah, very... I was, just, I, was, I, was, I was just bumping my gums. <laughs> Didn't, I wasn't really recognizing the music. This sounds way more like Vince Gill. <laughs> it is nice. This, uh, it reminds me of uh, Burning Barnes. Yeah, this could have been a. This could be a very. This is a burn real, uh, barn. Real barn burner. Little, little burn bar. <laughs> burn, burn barner. Burn barner. Berg. I can't stop this guy's a narrator's kind of a fool. He can't stop this feeling. Uh, he wants to, but he can't because he's in love and foolish. I guess maybe that's a stretch. Yeah, I mean. Ario Speedwagon couldn't stop that feeling. No, they couldn't fight the feeling. Yeah, yeah. So, hmm. And the village people couldn't stop the music. <laughs> well, okay, so Most everybody else could, though. Yeah. Most people could turn that movie off. Yeah, just turn it off. Not me. What, uh, Not our friend Erica. All right, so. Here's that good guitar. That's going right now. I give this like a, a 70. Eh. Sounds like a lot of Yacht Jesus and Southern Yacht. Yeah, it it's does like sound. It sounds like beautiful. another like lame '80s soundtrack song. Mm-hmm. I do like that guitar. I'll go 67. I think we came up with new term for this. A burn burner. A burn burner. It's a hot, hot Southern jam. This is definitely a burn burner. And uh, I'm going to give this a... Oh, this is a pretty yachty bridge right here. Yeah. I mean, it's deep fried, but it's still... Yeah. This, this sounds like Steubenhaus might be in this band. Yeah, then I'm going to give this... I'm going to give this a 71. For being a burn burner. I'll give it an even 70. That bridge knocked it up about uh, five five points. So we got a 69.5. Hell yeah, nice. That's yacht. All right, this is Heartbreak in the Making by Ned Doheny, written in by Stefan Hawkins at uh, Steph Manon. Stefan Hawkins, he was was going, what are you guys doing? 
for about five minutes. About five minutes ago. Uh, this is off the 1988 album Life After Romance. It has our friend Leslie Smith from a couple songs ago on background vocals. Abel Boreal on bass. High Vending on keys. 1988. But listen to this one. It was fooling me earlier. does not sound like 1988. No. That synthesizer is set to Fender Rhodes. The, although, I will say, okay, this has a bit of a Kokomo on it. Okay, how so? It just... Something about the production of it, it reminds me of a, of a Beach Boys that... This could be on a Beach Boys, that Beach Boys album. What was it, like Endless Summer or something like yeah. that? No, no, no. I think it was just the cocktail soundtrack. Was it? Oh. Endless Summer is like from 1980. It had um, some weird songs on it, but anyway. I think. So this could have been on the cocktail. There. This yeah. could have been on the co- cocktail soundtrack. Okay. There's something about it, and it's, it's, it has some sort of late 80s sunshine on it. It's still one of the most yachtiest songs I've heard from 88 ever. I, it's the way that Ned Doheny's career went. He he may have recorded this some years earlier and oh, okay. just didn't come out until 1988. That makes a ton of sense. So I was I was reading. I got I got his um, Separate Oceans compilation. I was going through my iTunes trying to figure out what year uh, every song had been released because they just put like 2019 on everything in the iTunes metadata. So I'm trying to go through the liner notes and I'm reading about how. Like, he'd recorded a bunch of these demos, like, five years earlier, and then they came out in finished versions, or, you know, it's 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 a very scattered uh, rec- recorded legacy. That, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. This is, I mean, this is definitely a Yacht Rock song. I mean, it feels of the era, so that's cool. Yeah, it really does. It, it does sound like a Yacht Rock song, but even if it was of the era, there'd still be some stuff I don't like about it. A lot of it is... Something about his singing. When he does the, he does I don't know, the high-pitched squeaking singing. I get, I get, I give this a 55. Yeah, and that, some, something about the horns remind me of Chicago a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, listen to that. Yeah, that part especially. There's there's elements of stuff I don't like, but overall, it's. Not too, too bad. So I'm going to give it a 52. Yeah, it's on the boat, but I think you guys are sort of in the right area. JD, I don't remember what you said, but I am thinking 55. What do you think, Steve? I think you're all underrating this as a yacht song. Jesus, this sells for 120 bucks on Discogs? I, yeah, it's rare. it was only released in Japan, I think. It's, it's um, a rare one. I think there's an American one, and in Japan it came out in '91, so probably limited. Re- that's that's around the time CDs started getting popular. So right, yeah. very limited vinyl. Anyway, '66. Spicy Steve bumps it up to '57. Acha. That's yacht rock. This one has an interesting story written in by Jessica Charlton at Mrs. Jess Charlton. Hmm. Oh Me Oh My by a band named 213 Not to be confused by Snoop Dogg, Nate Dogg And Warren G's band 213 They used to rap together in the early oh, 90s Good for them 
Um, Jessica writes, Long time matey, first time a hoyer. What do you think of this 2019 Yacht Homage track? Do modern tracks make in the image of Yacht and have permission to come aboard? Well, here's the thing. Rick Such, the, guy, the host of Inside Music Cast, also asked about this one. Um, and so I emailed him about it because I remember he said something about some, like, Pocaros on it and stuff. Can I, and it's can seemed, I read what I found? Uh, tell you what I what I found. Yeah. So according to the, the they they just put a bunch of these on YouTube. Mr. West Coast Jazz put a bunch of these on YouTube, and on uh, July 16th, 2019, wrote previously unreleased fantastic West Coast session recorded in the early 80s. Two and three was a band consisting of Bill Myers, Guy Thomas, Carlos Rios, Neil Steubenhaus, Vinny Cala. I'm going to say Colada. Colayuda, I think it is. I'm going to say Colada because that sounds like a cool yeah. name. I heard somebody on NPR today named Gina Colada, <laughs> and it just made me kept giggling. <laughs> yeah, Vinny Colada and Jeff Percaro with the addition of Dave Boroff and Mike Fisher. Well, a few of these names we knew, which was uh, a couple. Neil Steubenhausen, Jeff Percaro, and anyways... It's coming soon on CD in August. More info shortly, fellas. So this is a this is a session band in the early, from the early '80s. I, yeah, I have a whole email that this um, Bill Myers wrote to Rick Such, and it tells the whole story. Um, oh wait, it's the guy in the band, Bill Myers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, the hell of a coincidence. It was a different Bill Myers. There's a lot of Bill Myers. On I know. How's it spelled, JD? Let's. M e y e r s. No, it's the same. It's the same one. Okay, Myers. The well, I mean, like M e i j e. Yeah. yeah. So it was after 1980. It was 1981. Bill was touring with Gino Vanelli, uh, and he and also Colada. he also toured he also toured with Boz Skaggs. Um, so he got to see like Jeff Picaro. He was friends with Jeff Picaro and stuff. He. He hooked up with a guy named Guy Thomas, an up-and-coming songwriter. They sat down and they they wrote this music for a band they called Two One Three. Some of his studio buddies came in: Steubenhaus, Colada, Carlos Rios. Um, they had a drummer that had to like go on tour, go somewhere or something. I forgot exactly what. So then they brought Jeff Picaro in to drum on a couple tracks. He's good. Yeah, he's good at drumming. Um, a lot of interest from record companies here. They got ten thousand more dollars to record some more songs. They're looking for a hit. David Foster liked it. He wanted to produce them, but he wanted to hear something else. And things were going really good. And just before, like, they went in to record more, this other guy in the band, Guy, he got he sold one of his songs and decided to go off on a solo career, and that fizzled out. So these this, these songs were lost in time until thirty-seven years later, when a Japanese company approached Bill and said, "Hey, we want to release your songs." And then they lowballed him, but that was enough to get him some interest from some other folks, some European folks and another Japanese company. So they're finally releasing this music. So that's the story of this. Mr. West Coast Jazz got his hands on it, finally. It's got personnel. It's got a nice story. Um, it's of the era, but released today. Sounds like state cows, so I can see the appeal, the European yacht lovers. It's got a good beat. Bit of a bounce. Mm-hmm. It's not really lighting a, yacht, uh, a fire to keep underneath me. Um, not like when you cut peppers and touch your butthole. Yeah, yeah. Never done that. Hmm? Never done that. What's the hottest pepper you've ever touched? Touch your, touch your no, butthole I touched JD's butthole. Oh. 
Gave him the old uh, check your oil after I uh, cut some peppers. You know, that old gag. Um, oh, it's fun in the kitchen. Yeah, he's court low. So this song has a good beat. I feel like it's made to dance to and not to have your music nerd friends sit around and go, Oh, do you hear that? With? What about splashing in the pool at? It'd be great for that. <laughs> What's his name? Brody Jenner. Yeah, yeah, Brody's. Just for that, I'll give it a uh, 60. I was going to give it a 61. Mm. 57. I really like that 57 number. I think it's Man, this sounds really yachty to me. I, I think you guys are... Are you guys in a bad mood, or am I in a good mood? You know, it's, it's, it's the danciness of it. It's the it's the the repetition of the of of the beat. Uh, you know what, Steve? Stu- you convinced me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bump mine up, up a little bit. I'm gonna give this a nice 67. I think that's a healthy number for this. Um, what else is? It? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else is wrong with it. It just feel it feels. There's not a lot of cool jazz stuff going on. It, I mean, it's just like, it's just grooving. It's grooving. It's grooving. Yeah, and and that, I don't like Yacht Rock. That Picaro drum beat, I mean, he's putting a little stank on there, mm-hmm. but not as much as I would expect from a gentleman of his caliber. Not a lot, not, not a lot of interesting things for him to do in this song. I don't know. That right there was pretty good. That was. Mm-hmm. Right there is pretty good, mm-hmm. too. But so was that. That was nice. That was good, too. When you're stepping up into the bridge, then a, a, a drummer yeah. of note, a drummer of a certain he's skill, gonna, can really bring some muster. He's going to turn on the Jets. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, Steve? 72. All right. So we got 64. Hey, perfect yacht episode, guys. Good job, listeners. I give that episode a one. I give that episode a 100. There were some challenging ones on there, and we even listened to the, the wrong song. The wrong song. Uh-huh. Hey, listen next week for credits to be read. Thanks for Matt. Thanks, Matt Rousseau. We love you. Right, here's some credits next week. Get on the edge of your seat. Yeah, give them a reason to come back. Network.